There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, this is Tyler Jones, and you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening on my woods, people? Today, sitting in a truck again, no motor running, so that's a good thing. We can really focus. Uh, but yeah, we, we, unfortunately, like our office is this this truck. It's yes. Like the way we do things. Mm-hmm. Now my phone's ringing. People will be calling me like crazy, wanting to know if I'm showing up for Christmas. Um, oh, I was talking just a second ago. The uh, the intro to this podcast. I always have like this. I channel like my inner radio voice for the intro. For some reason, it's it's something that I learned when we were on radio tour when I was you know during the band thing, and uh, we would go you know. Well, I remember one time we hit like six stations in one day. We started in Lubbock, Texas, went up through Amarillo area, uh, east through Elk City, Oklahoma, and all the way down to um, uh, basically an hour north of here. It's like Hugo area. Mm-hmm. So, like when we hit six stations in between. It was the most marathon day thing I've That's probably ever done. That's a tough day. And, uh, but anyway, like I, we would be talking to these DJs and stuff. Um, you know, before we got on air, and they, they introduced themselves, learning a few things about them, about us. Most of the most of them didn't do their homework, you know, or listen to anything that our promoter sent them, or or uh, read anything, of course. So uh, they didn't know much, and they'd talk. We'd talk to them. They had like this normal person voice, you know, whatever. And then they'd be like, "All right, we're going, we're going on in thirty seconds," and we're like, "Okay, cool." And then music would play out into the song, and be like, you know. Hey, 93.1, KGHL, you know, it's like, whoa, what happened to this dude's voice? And so uh, if you sound, if you think that I sound weird in the intro, I'm sorry, but that's just something I learned and, and uh, I just have to channel that inner radio person for some reason. Who do you think reason. did that first? You think like Casey Kasem like, like laid the groundwork for that or like, I don't know, man. why is there such a thing as a radio voice? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, I would think that 
um, whether most people know it or not that are DJs, maybe like there's uh, something in making your voice that way that like um, is really flat and like doesn't um, affect the EQs and the sound waves and mm-hmm. stuff as much, you know? I don't know. Maybe that's kind of... Or it grabs people's attention in a different way, or, like yeah. psychologically that we don't quite understand. Yeah, yeah. So... Yeah. Anyway, it's just like this thing that I, this habit that I started with the podcast for some reason. But now I've got my normal voice on and we're chilling here um, late in the week. It is late in the week. <laughs> if y'all are expecting a Thursday release, we are very sorry. But you know what? It is the Christmas time of year. It is. And Somebody got a new muffler. Yeah, I know. He had to show it off. <laughs> <laughs> Things just don't happen on a good schedule this time of year, man. It's no. just the way it goes, including our ability to uh, fill tags. It doesn't happen mm-hmm. on schedule. Yeah. Um, uh, our, our ability, ability to think doesn't happen on oh, schedule. Oh, man. I was talking to you the other day about it. I was like, dude, I don't know why, but I can't formulate words right now. And you're like, it's because you're tired, man. We've been like through... You know, four months of hunting season, if you include elk season, yep. you know. So yep. a lot of uh, getting up at 3.30s and going to bed late and mm-hmm. doing all this. A lot of duplex cookies. Dude, oh. those duplex make me think <laughs> 100 miles an hour. <laughs> they make, oh, man. They make me think how good they are. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it has been tough. And, and we have struggled this week, like I was saying, with a thinking thing. You know, like um, our mental efforts have been focused in a lot of areas, and we've been thinking – you know, all the, about all these things and we can't, we just couldn't come up with like a great idea for a podcast this time of year. It's hard to get good guests because, you know, they're hunting too and they're tired too, you know, so. Don't mention it's family season, man. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, that's, that's another place that our mental focus has been is on family and Christmas and got to get presents and you got to make the last couple hundred bucks before Christmas happens so you can feel decent coming out of Christmas and clean your house and all these different things, man, that just kind of hit you this time of year. And we thought, okay, see, you know, texted me this morning. It was like, and I'm just like, at this point, I'm like, okay, I'm to the point that I'm like thinking maybe we should just get on the podcast and be like, hey guys, we'll see y'all in 2019. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, we're just not doing it right now. And, and, uh, you, you told me, you know, Hey, what if we did, you know, basically just outline the struggles we've had lately and, and, uh, and talk about, you know, kind of work our way through this. I, you, you said it more poignantly than I yeah right So, <laughs> uh, well, this is just kind of the, the thoughts I've had. It's like, why well, I put up a facade when like there's a real thing going on in our lives right now. And that is the fact that we're family men and family means a lot to us so christmas means a lot to me it means a lot to you and and spending time with family is very important but we also really love to hunt and those two things really collide in the holiday season thanksgiving christmas new year's even like all of these things um it makes it real tough to be able to do both and there's a lot of different aspects to it when now whether that's like scheduling or maintaining a happy family or just like <laughs> quite honestly communicating with normal people yeah that's one yeah. of my biggest struggles is going to christmas and actually finding something to talk to people that about. don't hunt and trying to figure out how how to yeah, talk to them yeah. exactly it's like well i don't know a lot about anything but hunting and you don't know anything about hunting yeah and a lot about other things mm-hmm. so sorry <laughs> <laughs> um yeah does anybody else's wife just love New Year's Eve. Like, think that that's like the coolest thing. Like, we should be making out underneath the 
the uh, you know, you know mine, twelve o'clock. I hour. forgot about that, but mine did that, especially when we were dating. She was like, "I wish you were here. To, I could kiss you on New Year's Eve." I was like, "I don't, like, I don't know that. I, it's not like, a thing. It's not a thing to me. <laughs> like, what is?" And and I don't, I'm not a guy that like I like to make goals for the year. Um, like, <laughs> you said make, I thought you'd be like, I'd like to make out. <laughs> I, I love <laughs> making out, you know, all the time, not just on New Year's Eve. <laughs> Um, but I really, I do like to make goals, um, to kind of like give myself something to shoot for by the end of the year, Mm -hmm. but I'm not a guy that does like a resolution where I'm like, Ooh, I'm not going to eat a carb for the rest of the year. Yeah. For the whole year. Uh, there was a point in my life where I was, um, an aspiring bodybuilder Mm -hmm. and I didn't go very far, but (laughs) I worked on it for three months. (laughs) No, I worked on it for a long time. I I don't don't have the genes to do it without, uh, outside assistance. And I didn't want to do that. Like, uh, like the needle stuff. Oh yeah. Oh well. Oh no. I was Extra talking about jeans. I didn't oh, know. No. There's some workout jeans that help you out. <laughs> no, or... no, no. <laughs> okay. No, I didn't want the extra tea there. But, the genetics. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't do it straight jeans. Anyways, yeah. it used to perturb me so bad because, like, I was a gym rat, and then like for about two months in January and February, the gym was so stinking busy. Oh yeah. And then around March. It got better again yeah, yeah. Yeah, every year. Yeah. So, and that's why I've never been a resolution kind of guy either because I'm like, listen, I'm not going to wait to the beginning of a year until I can make a change in my yeah. life. If I see a change, needs to be, a change needs to be made, I'm going to do it right now. That's right. That's how you I know? feel about it, dude. It's like it, it doesn't just happen all of a sudden at the end of the year, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what about Ronnie Coleman, bro? Dude, Ronnie Coleman. He was a, he was a no steroid guy, right? I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't either. I don't like, think it doesn't so. look like it, but nah. he's, he like swears that he's not. I don't know, dude. I don't know either. How do you get that big? <laughs> well, if, if he make... says no steroid, there's still quite a few other things you can take. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. A, just we're not injecting, right? Yeah. We're just doing all kinds of eating other HGH things. HGH and yeah. all that stuff. But eating anyways. some deer velvet and stuff. <laughs> yeah, which maybe that's the where we need to get into is a little bit more of that deer velvet stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, like lately our struggles have been, um, I don't know, they're kind of like, I guess the the least or the maybe something that like bothers me the most as far as my struggles go, but is also like probably one of the least important has been like getting in front of or close to big deer. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, we've been close to him, I guess in November, we're all real close to him, but December has been tough, man. It has, man. You know, I was thinking about this yesterday and some today too. Um, I've talked a lot about like throughout my life, how we have kind of a trickle rut in our area of Texas. And this year, I think I've seen the most consistent, like, peak rut action and then a huge drop-off that I've ever yeah. seen, yeah. ever seen in my hunting career. And it's not a bad thing. What's that from? I I would think it has something to do with a more balanced herd, with um, having cooler temperatures in November than we did in December. I was going to ask if the weather, if you thought the weather I was think, a factor I there. think it's a mixture of both. I think it's a mixture of just a fluke kind of year, and then also, like, things are getting better around here with herd dynamics because of, um, you know, having some extra doe days, and maybe the antler restrictions are helping that a little bit too or whatever, but uh, that's a podcast for another time, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But I think that's, like, not to, like, brush it away from myself and blame it on something else but i think that that has made our year more difficult yeah you know because i i normally can kind of uh bet on like hunting around my birthday which is mid-december being pretty good and it has dried up man um and like every year locally you hear people all the time i'll just there ain't no bucks you know they're just not moving or whatever and i think that 
most of the time that just happens to be where you're at or guys may be hunting uh no matter what the wind is you know or mm-hmm. whatever and by december it's like you've you've blown that deer out in the woods yeah. before you, you ever saw him or mm-hmm. he ever saw you like six times already so but <clears throat> I, I have heard from several people that like they're not seeing hardly anything on cameras and i know we've had some struggles like december 4th i think we went out to the pub in texas and had a great hunt and um this and we noticed that there was like no pressure in here right mm-hmm. uh, human pressure and so we were like man this is gonna be good we're gonna go back and do this thing so i go to kansas and um uh, we did an episode on that you guys know that was a successful trip uh come back and we go back out there and man it was i mean it's pretty chilly and it was a rough hunt man mm-hmm. there i mean we almost didn't see any deer if we hadn't have been paying good attention we would have like likely gotten you know snuck by because we had a deer come by that just like completely you know covered by trees for almost the entirety of this like five minutes that was in our view i guess you could say you know so um that along with like we've been pulling some trail cameras lately and i mean it's poor man mm-hmm. like you had a bad one at your your property which was so crazy because and given i've mi- minimal as it is i've put more pressure on that place than it's used to because it's used to zero mm-hmm. right and i've been in there throwing out some corn and putting a camera out or whatever but that's like once a week yeah you know and you'd think that it wouldn't have that drastic of an effect but, but for the first two card pulls it was great and then yeah. this last time it was like not a deer in daylight yeah our yeah. pub cameras is the same way. We've pulled some cameras that are absolutely horrid. Mm-hmm. I mean, just terrible. So it's been a struggle. And so, like, I'm looking at the rest of this year, like, um, you know, I don't have well, – one one big issue that I think we have is that we don't have, like, we're not – we don't have any access to hunt near major food sources mm-hmm. really too much. And I think that's an issue this time of year. Um, <clears throat> and I think that – big issue for me is i don't have any meat um so i'm trying to figure out like i really i really would love to kill like a another buck i mean you know i I hunted really hard here in texas and Mm -hmm. haven't had really hardly any encounters and um that would be nice um i've got these options that are all like up in the air right now that i'm trying to figure out and so like for instance this walmart property which is my permission property um I thought, well, maybe if I start feeding out there again, I had stopped. Maybe if I start feeding out there again, we will see some deer start showing up and maybe we'll get a cold day and they show up uh, a little bit before dark, right? I'm struggling to see any does out there and nothing in the daylight yet on camera. So, and it hadn't been out that long, but Mm -hmm. that's not really a great option for me. Um, The Texas pub game is just like, we've had so many, so many just like, people i don't know why but they're like all these spots we've been hunting for the last couple years that have been pretty um out of the way and nobody's hunting there all of a sudden like we got people hunting Mm -hmm. we've lost over half of our spots to just human pressure this year probably i guess you could go hunt them but man i just don't that's not the experience i'm looking for trying to hunt around somebody i'm not either and I'm telling you right now, the deer here don't like being around those people either. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so it's just, it's tough. And and then, you know, I've got, I still have a doe tag in Kansas, but that's a long ways to go for a doe. I know it's yeah. a big, big old, 
you know, Midwestern dough, but, mm-hmm. um, and we'd like to go do that together, but I have vehicle woes, which means that I, Kansas is all but done for me this year, unless there's something fluky happens and I find some kind of way, which I'm still going to try to make it happen. But this time of year is family time, like we talked about, and Christmas is coming and then y'all have a family trip right after Christmas, right? And that's just yeah. kind of going to really impede some of that. And it's not that you shouldn't go on that or it's not that you should. I didn't like, want to. <laughs> I, I asked them, I was like, hey, can we not do this until after January, you know, until January? Yeah. And of course, the teachers in my family, oh, we got to go back to school, you know. Yeah. Good grief. Come on. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. But that's like, that's part of the, the struggle, man, is that we're good. We, when we do what we do and we are sold out to this hunting lifestyle, we're different than a lot of people, right? A mm. lot of our friends even that really love to hunt, they're weekenders, right? And yeah. like go out, hunt their spot, you know, might have a couple stands or something for different wind directions and that's cool, you know, and if they get what they want out of it, that's great. But for us, it makes it real tough whenever you start um, – throwing in these extra trips extra days like for instance tomorrow i have a family christmas on december 22nd i'm like i love you guys and let's do this but can we not just bump it back a couple hours like why is it got to start at 5 30 right you know and it's just the fact that a lot of people don't quite understand that don't understand like the hunter's schedule you know yeah that, that they definitely i don't know i i don't know that my family because i've traveled so much Mm-hmm. I don't think my family ever thinks about me and my schedule. <laughs> they just anymore. assume you're going to have to They're just give like, us something up. We're just going to do it, and you're going to either give it up or you're going to be gone or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, when I was playing in a band, I had had something booked for like months. I kind of had to go on that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, now it's like, oh well, you know, just, you know, it's just a you know hunt around here like you can miss it you know whatever and, yeah and i i can and i do mm-hmm. you know i mean i guess my other option is i've got a buddy or my dad it's really my dad's buddy but we're you know i've known him a long time and and uh he's got a place that's in texas it's like five hours from here and i could go out there and pretty easily schlock a couple of does with mm-hmm. a rifle and like that would be a great meat haul you know that would be a great way to get my meat but it's kind of like, do I want to do that? And I, I probably will. I probably will, to be honest with you. But I'm just thinking about all these options, and I'm like, where should I go? What should I do? What's open? Should I go buy another license in another state and try to hunt a late se- later season Ooh. or what? So it's just, um, I don't know. And, and, and it's not, it's not uh, I sound like I'm kind of whining about it. It's, um, it's more just the options. It's like going into some restaurant that's got a million things on the menu and you're like, what should I do? Dude, have you ever been to those Takieras that have yes. like 89 90, things on yeah. them? <laughs> yeah. 90 different I guess it's options. 90, yeah. Whatever it might be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like in the upper 80s plus. Yes. Yeah. It's like, uh, what am I supposed to get here? Well, I hate the fact that it's like, man, I want to eat it all and you got 90 things. I ain't got <laughs> enough eat outs in my life to come in here and get that's it all. That's right, dude. I know. So, you know, there's definitely, there's definitely things that are, that are tough in the holidays and there are things that are good, you know, like, um, to be honest with you, something that, that I see is like being beneficial or for me or beneficial for me or good maybe, um, about this holiday season is just the opportunity. Like I need a break, man. I need a break from like all the editing the podcasting and even like the hunting just Mm -hmm. for, just to like reset 
And then that way I think like, I don't know. I just need, I need to get, cause I'm just like, I mean, seriously, if you guys could see what I do, you know, when I'm not hunting, it's basically just sit at it behind a computer screen and I'm not the kind of guy that's like a, just a computer nerd. You know, I don't, I like to be outside. I always worked outside growing up. I played outside. It's always been my thing, but, um, to kind of get, keep, you know, keep things going, keep you guys, uh, satiated with, uh, video content and seeing what we're doing, you know, like I have to spend a lot of time behind this computer. And so, you know, my wife told me yesterday that there's this thing called rest and, uh, you know, most people do it yeah, and that I should try it. <laughs> and so <laughs> she's right. Um, I don't rest very well. And, um, I think that like, it'll benefit me. Um, because once like I finish this, this holiday season and then that trip and everything, I'll be ready to finish out the season, like very strong, much better mentally with like I'll be in a much better spot mentally with my hunting my life and like any other stressful things that are bugging me right now and just I think it'll be a refresher to just hit that last week or two of deer season and and then you know into into fishing season for me really Ooh. I'm like already ready for it you got it. your fishing shirt on today I do <laughs> cool stuff it feels like fishing weather out there right now yeah you know for me one of the things that I do look forward to um it's almost like uh maybe not look forward to but something i need is to realize that yes like taking an animal is life or death but like getting to hunt a lot isn't life or death and it feels like it to me because i love it so much <laughs> yeah but you know you go to christmas and you get to be around people and you get to see people you don't get to see very often so like you really like them a lot and you don't have to spend too much time around them because then you wouldn't like them anymore but you know like yeah that that part of family is nice, man, and that part of the holidays is nice because I like how there's like this pretense of kindness that is associated with Christmas. Like you, for most folks, when you get together with people during the holidays, like you want it to go well. So everybody's really nice to each other. Everybody hangs out. Yeah. And, and well, even people laughs. like around town. Like I, I yeah. was telling you about the grumpy guy I was gonna have to deal with the other day. Yeah. Was he good? He was okay. That's good. He was okay. And yeah. then and then at the end I said Merry Christmas. He even said Merry Christmas to All right, But dude. it was not a very happy Merry Christmas. But yeah. it, he did say it. He so. wished it to you yes. either way. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right about that. <laughs> um, you know, I think that, um, you know, as far as like keeping that happy, happy family, you know, amongst your, amongst, you know, your immediate family, like it, during this holiday season, there, there are some different thoughts on how to do this and mm-hmm. like i have i have some some stuff that i've kind of developed in thinking about this, this today since you kind of posed this this uh podcast and um like my like i kind of alluded to just a second ago my my dynamic is different than most um i really struggle with being off like off of work mm-hmm. so like um my kids may come home after school and I'll finish up what I'm doing, which may take 20 minutes. And then I'll play with them a little bit. And then it's like dinner, you know, get to bed and then get them in bed, hopefully by eight thirty ish. And then it's like back to the computer screen. Mm-hmm. It's the computer screen until I go to sleep, which whatever time that may be, it's just depends on how I feel. And, um, 
what I got to do the next morning or whatever and how and like where I'm at in the editing process or whatever. Um, so like I think that most people that are like employees out there, they may have like a much easier time shutting it down after work and just being like the partner or the spouse or the parent that they should be in the evenings. And for Mm me, I'm having to like set myself up days in advance to mentally take a break from work for this holiday season so that like I can, I can be with my family in every aspect, mentally, physically, everything. So, um, I think that if that is you, and I think even if you are an employee as a more nine to five ish kind of thing, you know, setting yourself up mentally, um, can pay off in exponential amount of ways during the holidays. Yeah. I have to talk to my wife about that because she does a job that she absolutely loves. So she will work from the time her eyes open till they close. And I'm like, as much as she loves it, it still stresses her, right? Because there's still stressful aspects, especially what she does. And that's something that she has a hard time with is like realizing like, hey, sometimes it's time to just completely unwind. I don't have that problem. I have the problem of like, I'll go to work, but I'll start daydreaming and then like, just like, (laughs) oh, I need to look up this oak tree on my phone right quick. You know, like that's my issue. But something that I have have noticed uh, for me is that communication and scheduling is a big deal and something that I have to work on during this time of year because for me I'm my only child so I'm used to like having my own schedule forever and always and this has been like a big (laughs) it sounds so like easy but it's not like whenever you get married that's not how it works anymore right like (laughs) especially once you start having kids which I'm not there yet but you know I'm sure that you have experience with this like there's a whole bunch of schedules that you have to adhere to that aren't of your own. And for a long time, I fought it. And I was like, no. And for like the first you know, couple of years, Cassie and I were dating. And then once we got married, I was like late to Thanksgiving and stuff because I was hunting. And her family's a hunting family, which you'd think they'd kind of understand. And they never said much to me or anything about it. But I was like, you know, instead of fighting it, what I need to start doing is just going along with this, you know, spending time as a family, but make sure I do a better job of, co- of conveying how much time in the outdoors means to me so that one day, instead of like rescheduling for me because they're like, well, Casey's going to be late, people will be like, oh, I know that he loves this this much. Like, let's not, you know, let's make sure we can find a time we can all do something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, there's a different way of like changing people's minds on that as opposed to like just fighting yeah. about stuff. And you're kind of hitting on something here that I like was my kind of like final thought about this, this whole like maintaining a happy family during mm-hmm. the holidays um, and still, you know, hunting as well. Um, my wife and I talked about this on our date the other night, which happens about every three months or so. Um, but there, um, I I know for a fact that the majority of our listeners are men mm-hmm. because of analytics, and mm-hmm. so we can see that. Um, and you and I are. So I'm going to speak to this because I have experience with this. But uh, we were talking about this the other night, and there are just not many men that like take deep thinking and conversation very seriously. Mm-hmm. And give me a second to kind of come around to this. This is this is kind of hippie. This isn't the most manly man of things or whatever to talk about, but. I have some thoughts about it. And in my opinion, embracing emotions that aren't just like the primal, like, oh, I'm going to crush you in football or UFC kind of thing, you know, like <laughs> yeah. embracing different emotions that are not just rage emotions, you know, are important to, as a male, um, 
and you know further like having at least one male in your life that you can discuss these emotions and the other things like the whys of life you know like why am I here what am I doing you know why is this hap- why does this happen to me whatever it may be but these big questions that are deep you know that's extremely important I feel like and um, the reason that I think this is important is because these deep thoughts kind of allow you to love more deeply and when you can do that um, that day or the few hours you get to spend with your family on the holidays um, it's better spent your family and friends kind of understand better how you feel about Mm -hmm. them you know what I mean and and so will you you'll understand like what it means to to you to be there and to spend time with them what they mean to you as well um, and, you know, in my experience, when I kind of practice this, um, which I have been doing a lot better at the last year, year, couple of years, um, <clears throat> you know, my wife doesn't really miss me any differently when I'm gone. Um, uh, <laughs> like it's, she still misses me a lot, maybe even more, uh, because of how good our relationship is going or whatever, you know, but, um, when I'm gone because of the better time that that we spent together, she knows with little or no doubt, like what she means to me truly. Mm -hmm. And it makes my trip easier when I go out. There's few calls. I don't get bothered all the time. Lots of patience, understanding on her end, you know, and, um, it just makes my life easier. And this is not something that I'm saying to do because of this selfish, like I want to go on trips and they'll understand this. It's a big circle of things. It's like, because you loved me, I love you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's, I don't, I hope, are you kind of understand what I'm no, thinking? No, I get it. I, I sometimes sure. can't get out what I'm trying it's to say like exactly. Improve everyone's life, right? That's right. the, that's the idea because. Well, you're a leader as a, as a man in a relationship, you're called to be a leader, mm-hmm. right? So. Yes, exactly. And, uh, a lot of times like something that I've had to work out, like being a newlywed is like being mentally there, which is kind of like what you were talking about with the, like not ever being stopping working right if you're mentally there for your wife or your family like at one of these events you'll get more time to do what you want to do outside of that too Mm -hmm. and if you go to like family christmas but like the whole time you're kind of in the corner thinking about like what you'd rather be doing or whatever that doesn't count towards the family yeah it's not it's very you're not satisfying (laughs) like your the wants and needs of your family specifically we're going to talk about wives because that's a big part of you know big thing to us and then you kids as well but if you're not satisfying it even while you're there it's like you're wasting your time and you might as well not be there exactly so while you're there be sold out for whatever you're doing which is not hard for men to do we did this study in, in uh, our Wednesday night church class. Uh, it's been a couple of years, but it was uh, we read a book called uh, I believe it's called Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti, mm. and so and it sounds real real corny or whatever. It does, but, but it, I believe you. No, it's really good <laughs> um, because it's it, the the reason it says that the main thought of this whole book is that women being like spaghetti. Um, can travel in and out of conversation and thought mm-hmm. just fluidly. Mm-hmm. And how hard is it to follow a woman sometimes when mm-hmm. she's talking? You know what I mean? Yeah. For us, right? But they can just be talking about something, and next thing you know, they're mad about something else, and they were happy just a second ago. And you're like, what just happened? You know? Yeah. And for guys, the waffle aspect is that a waffle has all these different uh, boxes where all the syrup go. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And uh, a guy has to be in a box, 
and then he has to jump out and like close that box and get into another one as far as thoughts go. Yeah. Um, and so like, and I, I'm sure you can relate, but I know it hit me like a ton of bricks when I heard this because I was like, man, I understand that completely because I was doing a lot of wedding editing at the time, which mm-hmm. I call editing. And, um, I was, I would, I had, um, I was watching Jet for that year. Mm-hmm. And so like I would be editing this wedding and, um, I would be in this part, you know, and I really have to focus and I'm looking at these like literally like frame by frame, you know, and then Jet would come up and be like, I'm hungry. And I'm like, okay, well, I got to get up and feed him. It's like one o'clock. He hasn't eaten much, you know, whatever. (laughs) And, and when I got back to my computer, completely lost at where I was even at, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just, I had to go from one box to the other and then back in. And so, um, and so what I'm, I guess my point is to what you are saying is that it's easier just to go ahead and say, look, I'm going to be in this box with you today at this family Christmas and not worry about, you know, if there's downtime, whatever, jump on and look at a map or whatever if mm-hmm. you want. But, you know, like if you're talking and try to be involved in that as well with your family and stuff. But, yeah, I mean, be in that box. And then the next time you go to be in the hunting box, you won't be getting distracted as much about all these other things that your wife wants yeah, you to do. If you satisfy the needs at home, then when you're away from home, it's it's not like you're like you were saying earlier. You're not getting bombarded by calls or like, hey, did you do this or like, ah, you know, I miss you because I didn't get it. Like you weren't fully here the last time you were at home. Yeah, you know. Yep. You know that box thing's interesting because uh, this is stuff I had to communicate with my wife because I don't understand women. She doesn't understand men. You know, we haven't <laughs> been married for a real long time. Um, and, uh, like, if we have a disagreement or an argument and it gets pretty heated, within about five minutes after we've resolved it, she's ready to, like, hug and, like, you know, just go back to being happy. And it's not that I'm still mad at her, but it's going to take me a little while to readjust where I'm at mentally, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's something that, like, <laughs> we've had to deal with a few times because I'm just like... I'm not mad at you, but I'm not happy-go-lucky yet. You know, it's going to take me a second to get there. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I think that maybe we need to realize that some uh, when we're headed to some of these family events and stuff and not like, <laughs> this is kind of just like the example, but like not be looking at trail camera pictures until you get out of the car to go, you know, to <laughs> yeah. family Christmas. But yeah. like mentally prepare yourself to be sold out. Like try to yeah. start making that transition. That way there's not like this huge warm up period where people are like, what's wrong with this guy? Yeah. You know, or like, yeah. uh, he's like, he's sold up because he's not hunting right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dude, it's, uh, and it's funny to me and I, I almost want to do a whole podcast on this, but, um, you know, like hunters talk about discipline so much. Mm-hmm. But it's like they don't, a lot of times there, I know a lot of guys that talk about discipline, being discipline hunter and sitting all day and this and that, and then don't uh, have discipline like any other part of their life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so I think this is one of those, those times when it's like, if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I'm a discipline hunter and I'm trying to be a better one every day. Well, that should be just what you are. You mm-hmm. should just be a disciplined person, right? Yeah. And, you, and so being that disciplined person is setting the phone down. 30 minutes prior to showing up and having mm. some conversation with your wife and preparing yourself to meet the weird uncle, you know what I mean? Or whatever it might be. <laughs> the so-called normal people, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, like, speaking of those normal people, um, you know, there's the, these normal people, what we're referring to, are people that don't hunt, right? Yeah. Because that's the majority of the population. Or at least, uh, they might even hunt, but they... 
they don't like might it not as much. see it the same way you do you <laughs> yeah. know yeah yeah for sure so there this is okay i remember uh you and i hadn't known each other that long we had known each other a while i guess but um it was one of the first times we saw each other at Sidekicks after church. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So you were like, uh, you came up and like we we you know like my family's there. You didn't know them that well. I didn't know your family that well. Yeah. And so we were just like, you know, we but we wanted to kind of introduce each other. To I was actually family, working so, at your working on your house at this point too. Yeah. Yeah. So like we spend like eight hours a day together <laughs> talking all day. Yeah. And so, like, uh, we, you know, you come up and we just kind of stand there and don't really say a whole lot. (laughs) And I I think you texted me, like, after you left, we left Sidekicks, and you're like, sorry, dude, I don't know how to be normal. (laughs) That's right, right, man. Like, I can't have a conversation Uh, with Scott Hunter Fishing. We're not scheming about, like, how to kill that big buck. It's like, what are we supposed to talk about, you know? (laughs) How's the weather? Well, we both were outside. We don't need to talk about that. We we know what it's like out there. We know. Yeah. So... Uh, the the normal people are the people that don't just talk about hunting all the time like yeah. this, I guess. Um, you know, like there's, there's uh, I think that this is something that probably seems like has weighed on you a little bit and that it's something that you really wanted to hit on. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about like ways to talk to normal people. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you do too. Yeah. I mean. Uh, things, this is more stuff that like, uh, I need to work on, mm-hmm. you know, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it because a lot of times, which this isn't a bad thing either, but like at family gatherings, I just find myself playing with the kids because like we can talk about anything, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But, and like, I just kind of really like abhor the idea of having to sit and talk to someone about, uh, their adult gaming system or something, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, man, how do we communicate? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just think that a lot of times instead of, you know, being, you know, a little bit sold up, or is that something that everybody uses the word sold up? Uh, Do you know what that means? I think it's, I don't, I know what it means. Yeah. Okay. I think it's a, more of a southern thing. Is it? Okay. So it's I like, I think, I don't know for sure. Like being a touch pouty, maybe yeah, yeah. pouting in the corner kind of thing. Uh, instead of doing that, like finding some common ground to talk to people, because no matter who you are or what you do, most people have something they're passionate about. And I think if I can find someone who is passionate about something, we can like, have a little common ground just on having passions Mm -hmm. if that makes sense you know and they don't we don't have to like sit there and talk about hunting and strategy but like if we can both have a conversation about what we really enjoy about life then we can have a good time and connect on a deeper level as a family as opposed to just like I don't know, sitting around talking about when we were kids and mm-hmm. how I hit them in the head with a stick one time yeah, or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which yeah. that's fun to talk about too. Yeah. But, well, yeah. I think that like, I think that um, when it comes to that, like that plan of attack, that thought or whatever, I think I've mentioned to you a guy that um, worked in the kind of relation, like uh, athlete relations department there at SMU, Steve Stegall, one of my buddies. Mm-hmm. Um, he... Um, He's one of the few guys to ever come from my high school along with me and go play at a D1 school. He played for UT when they won a national championship, whatever year that was. I don't keep up with them that well, but uh, oh, Steve oh, was on special teams. Oh, six, I believe. Okay. Yeah. And so, anyway, great dude, great person, Steve Stegall. And um, so, like, when I'd go into his office to just kind of chat, which didn't happen all the time. I didn't really like spending a lot of time around uh the athletic facilities when i didn't have to be there mm-hmm. which is very rare but uh 
anyway, I, I went, I can remember going and talking to him and he would like, he would, uh, I, he would just ask, ask me questions about what's going on. And, and by the time I finished, he had another question. And like, by the time I got done, I'm like, Steve, I needed to ask you a question. Like, can you just get like, it, it was so much. He's a good at, counselor, man. Yeah. But at the same time, like that's uh that's something, uh, there's a lot of, and I won't go into this right now, but there's, there's those, that quality is something that, uh, I think is also something we're kind of called to do, like be interested in somebody else's life and care about people, care man. about people. Yeah. And so, and I think that it was truly that way. This was not because, because I know Steve, I know his heart. And so, um, anyway, that's one way to go about this whole thing is like, you gotta just, it's, you gotta get in the box where you think about, you know, that dude just smoked that water bottle. Dang, it's a big. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, but you got to think about um, this person, and like you said, think about like figure out what they're passionate about, and then start asking them questions, mm-hmm. and that that makes conversation so much e- easier. Um, and you know, for me, like I learned, I kind of learned that from Steve, but also, um, you know, playing in a band, there were very I didn't know any hunters when I played in a band, mm-hmm. you know I mean? Nobody that plays music hunts really hardly at all, even in country music, you know, or whatever. So, um, finding those ty- those people were few and far between. And so most of the time I'm just talking about music or something else that, you know, is going on. And, uh, you just got to kind of find what those people are passionate about. And, you know, honestly, like I was always trying not to talk about me the whole time, you mm-hmm. know I mean? I, so I, I think that's, one way to go about it for sure, man. Learning how to formulate questions is kind yeah. of a, a big deal. And I think podcasting has taught me that more than anything because I, I can remember, and I still do this from time to time, but <laughs> when we first started the podcast, I would just make a statement <laughs> expecting the person to continue yeah. on. And sometimes you get crickets and you're like, oh, yeah. I need to find a way to make that a question and not just talk. <laughs> because, I mean, quite honestly, it's it's a human skill to be able to have conversation and not have to be asking each other questions the whole time. Mm. But sometimes you have to be the one who continue the conversation. And mm. that's kind of our job as hosts of the podcast, right? To make sure right. that it keeps going. And that's kind of what you can do at family gatherings yeah. is make sure it keeps going. Uh, we were sitting in Bozeman this past summer and uh, this one kind of quirky girl, um, she said, you know, in like, so, no, most social situations with people who don't know each other very well, there's like an awkward silence every seven minutes. And after that, we all like would think about it when it would happen. It would happen it would like every, about seven every seven minutes. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is for real. Yeah. Like, this is a thing, you know? Yeah. And it can, and that's even the same like in families. Like with my wife, we don't really have that because we see each other all the time. But like people that I'm going to see, you know, next week that I only see two or three times a, a year. You know, sometimes it's hard to keep that going. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of, I guess, what we're, the gist of what we're talking about is keeping the conversation going. But, but that's when you go, hey, you want a Diet Coke? And you start walking <laughs> to the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, hey, you want some mashed potatoes? I'm going in there. <laughs> I'm going in there. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, part of what I wanted to talk about today, too, was like, not only just how to conversate with normal people, but like have hunting, com- like, at least... Find yeah. a way to still talk about what you like to talk about, but on a level that they want to talk about it too, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that talking about family and how much family means to you, especially at this time of year, is a good thing to do, you know? But, and maybe you're speaking to someone who's new to the family or someone who, you know, y'all don't hang out as much, 
But if you can find a way to incorporate like an outdoor activity and convey like how much, for instance, for me, I like to tell stories of the dearlies from when I was a kid. It's fun. Those are good memories, you know. But my little cousins, we don't really get to have that experience with them anymore just because pretty much lease prices have gone through the roof. But still talking about how much fun that was and, like, how much fun you can have as a family in the outdoors kind of gets people's wheels to turn in. And I don't know, it might end up where, you know, used to you as a family, y'all would go and, you know, play dominoes or something, which is fun. I still do that. But Or go outside and play pickup football or something. You know, maybe one of these days everybody brings their shotguns and shoots skeet or, you know, you do something else fun outdoors as a family. And that turns into, you know, hey, let's actually go see if there's any squirrels in that little strip of timber right over there right. or whatever it might be. You know, conversations like that and conveying to people that hunting isn't a selfish thing. It can be mm-hmm. if you do it wrong, but it can also be a great tool to spend time together as a family when otherwise you might just be sitting on the couch looking at each other yeah you know for sure man i i um i guess one thing that i struggle with well i don't know if this is a struggle or not i don't feel like it is necessarily but it's but it when it comes to like carrying conversation i do struggle Mm -hmm. with this um is that i don't like small talk yeah and so me neither man um like rather than just be like i can do it and i'll do it a little bit but rather than let's talk about, you know, all this, you know, weather and Just everything. been working, right? Yeah, just been working kind of yeah. thing. Like, rather than do that, I would rather, like, when I say, hey, how's everything going? I want you to tell me if it's not going good. Mm-hmm. Like, I, want to, I want to hear from you about it. Like, I don't just mean, like, oh, pretty good, you know? Yeah. Which I say that all the time, too. But, mm-hmm. you know, like... I would, I'm, I've got a couple of buddies, um, one in particular from high school that, um, you know, like I was talking about the other day that, and I I don't see him, I'll not see him for a year or more at a time. Not even, we won't hear from each other for a year and then we'll get together and we'll talk about some of the deepest stuff you could imagine. Like the other night we stayed up till 4 a.m. talking after my buddy's wedding about like some deep stuff it was me him uh my wife and another buddy and we talked about some stuff that every time somebody said something you had to think hard about it dude (laughs) like you had to to figure out what they were trying to get to yeah it it was it was good conversation man and so like I, i always i started to recognize that like there's very few people like that and then and then i appreciate those people that can get deep with you and talk about stuff um issues or things that are going well for you you know mm-hmm. um got promoted and you know then my next question about well man why'd that happen that's pretty cool you know yeah. whatever but um but if it's small talk i struggle with that and i think that kind of goes back to what i was saying earlier uh about deep talk deep thinking that kind of thing mm-hmm. but yeah i mean like as far as like smaller talk goes um you know some of the things you could i guess do to kind of and I, I don't necessarily do this that well, but there, but a few of them I do. I mean, these these ideas that I have, but like showing respect to animals to your family members. Mm-hmm. So, like in your case, if you're out there playing football in the yard, um, and all of a sudden you you're like a birder, so you know them all. So like mm-hmm. um, because of your respect, you've learned them. And so like when you get out there and you throw a football around and you 
catches football that's thrown high in the air, and all of a sudden, like, while you were trying to catch it, you looked up, and there was a yellow-bellied sapsucker up there, you know, like, you point out to your cousin, hey, look at that, you know what that is? Listen to its call, you know, whatever. You know what's cool is, uh, I can't catch, but um, besides that, (laughs) (laughs) I'm better than I used to be, but my nickname in high school. You can catch a 2x4 really well. Yeah, Uh, I used to be called Casey Can't Catch in middle school. (laughs) Because <laughs> I was a tight end and I was a blocking tight end, but um, mm-hmm. no, it's neat because um, I am the animal call guy in my family. Like mm-hmm. the kids want me to like you know make the elk noise a lot or whatever. Jet and, wanted you to do a zebra. Call. <laughs> yeah, your son wanted me to do a jeep zebra the other day. I was like, oh, okay, um, <laughs> let's work on this. And then we watched a YouTube video and I said, dude, I can't Mm-mm, do that. Ain't uh, happening. No, no way. <laughs> but yeah, it's that's a great way to like convey. You know, how you feel about the outdoors is just, like, show people, like, interesting things. Like you said, respect yeah. to animals, that kind of thing. Another way um, that I've tried that worked really good the other day at uh, my family Christmas was I brought a, a wild game dish that was a little bit different than, like, your standard yeah. thing. You know, everybody will eat some chicken fried backstrap, right, and not really think that much about it or some deer poppers. But I brought um, some elk meatballs in like a olive oil kind of Italian sauce. This is something you do well and you've done before. Key. Yes. Don't do something new. Yes, don't try something new. Yeah, 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 good point. But that's something that like I've kind of been perfecting over the last year and I think they're pretty good. So I brought those. Everybody liked them, loved them, and it's like kind of starts opening people's thoughts to... I can literally provide my family food by hunting and doing this. It's not just... I grew up where, like, deer steak was a novelty. Even though we hunted, like, oh, we're going to go eat some deer backstrap tonight, and mm-hmm. I got some jerky, you know, mm-hmm. which are all, it's, it's tasty. But, like, it wasn't, like, an everyday thing. Right. But whenever you start pr- portraying it and, like, presenting it in an everyday meal sense, people start thinking, like, hey, this is kind of neat, mm-hmm. you know, and then it leads to more conversation. Yeah. You know what's funny is, like, there's some guys, man, that a lot of people that we know look up to, that are like, man, I hadn't bought uh, any meat from the supermarket in 10 years or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, that's not really like life for most people, right? Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. If you're, I mean, you still have to make money to survive, even though all your food's coming off the land, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like you still have other expenses. So most people have to work. And so eating wild game tends to be a novelty sometimes because it's so hard to get sometimes. And, and I think it's, I think it's a little out of touch to think that, you know, there's many people out there that can just sit there and provide all their meals. I mean, for one, we don't have any, like the biggest game animal we have out here is a, is a deer, right? A pig, if you want to call. Uh, It's not a game animal, but yeah, yeah, but something you could chew, I guess, uh, would be a better way to say it for me. And, um, so a pig, you know, would be big. Well, you know, depending on that, and, and to be honest with you, most of the pigs around here are probably about way about the same as the deer. Yeah, about 150. Yeah, there's just nobody wants to eat a big old 300 pound bull anyway. Right. And so, um, you know, like a guy up in, you know, Idaho or whatever that shoots a big elk or a moose or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, every year, or Montana or whatever, I mean, they just live in a different world than us. Yeah. And you can eat that moose all year or that elk all year, but you, you know, can't do that with a white tail. I've been thinking about this, and this is drifting off of our conversation a little bit, but people talk about, like, small game and, like, how much fun it is. And it is a ton of fun to go hunt squirrels or rabbits or whatever. Uh, but 
that's really not a way to provide for your family. Mm-mm. The calories that you use up trying to shoot three or four squirrels is going to be more than what the three or four squirrels provide. Yep. And think about like if, like you'd have to be a legit, like your job is as the husband is to bring home the meat mm-hmm. if you wanted a small game hunt oh, and yeah. feed your family. Oh, yeah. So it's more, it's more of like a, like what were we talking about earlier where that's kind of a fun practice to do maybe as a family, go out and do it and mm-hmm. make it kind of a novelty and kind of cool that you're eating squirrels or sure. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I think, I think you're right there. And I just, I don't know. I I was, you know, I think that, that you're onto something there though with bringing a dish. And I think one thing you can't go wrong with is some kind of ground meat, Mm -hmm. which you did the meatballs. I mean, you could put Velveeta and Rotel together with it and make, you know, a a good chip dip, right? Yeah. Well, Um, I kind of, I always want it to be like familiar. Yeah. But at least identifiable that it is meat. You know, like mm-hmm. what you're talking about there is like maybe a step you take before. We tell people, did you know, was that good? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, that was ill. You know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. I don't want to hide it too much. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's what you're saying. Like, you can always put it in a chip dip, but. But I mean, or, okay, so for instance, uh, uh, we've got a meat a meat locker up here that does these big long summer sausages with jalapeno cheese in them mm, and good. they are so good <laughs> like they're the, they're, is, they're the best summer sausage I've ever had and it's done yeah. out of deer and I'm sure they add pork and stuff to it but it's good and that's something you can do that's just straight meat it's mm. not you can't hide it put it on a cracker you know it's got cheese and jalapeno in it already and, and just be like look I promise you'll like this take mm-hmm. one bite and you'll make me happy. That's you know? right. <laughs> and people will, will will try it most of the time, I yeah. think. So know? speaking of happiness or being happy, let's talk about happiness. One thing that everybody can talk about is what makes you happy. And I feel like yeah. the happiness of other individuals is something that we should concentrate on more, like just as humans, man, in like it's okay to try to make somebody else feel happy, mm-hmm. and it's it's a good thing to discuss. Like, if you don't know for a fact what makes someone happy, how do you know like what to get them for Christmas yeah. or whatever? You know, those are good talks to have. And you know, if you can talk about what makes you happy, then you might even be able to get into some deeper conversations where you talk about what makes you sad and yeah. like grow together as a family. And sure. in that, it's another way to convey to people how much hunting means to you, because. It's part of what makes you happy. Yeah, it makes yeah. me sad when I don't kill a deer. That's right. <laughs> Hunting makes me happy and sad. That's right. No, but and like it sounds weird. And if you're not that close, or maybe you're too close in in a family instance, sometimes to kind of ask a question like that. Um, I think a way a good way to approach it would be like just to be like, "Hey, what's been going on? Oh, not a lot. Just work." And then you do this kind of thing where it's kind of like poking a little fun. You just like. Uh, all you've been doing is working. You hadn't done anything fun lately, yeah, you know. And then, yeah. and oh well, I did go to the casino the other night. You know, and then, <laughs> yeah. then you find out they they uh, have a betting problem, you know, yeah. or a gambling problem. <laughs> but you know, you kind of start to. That's one way to kind of learn like what they've been. Oh, I went fishing the other day, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Oh, that's cool, man. Yeah, what'd you get? A bunch of catfish. I put them all all fillets up in my freezer. Well, speaking of that, I like to hunt, and you don't hunt much, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> you can kind of work into that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's. I think I kind of feel like we're coming to this whole um, thing. Like the big message behind this is like be intentional a little bit. Yeah. Without that's a like, good point, man. You know, without being too like proddy, I guess mm-hmm. you know. But um, I mean, there are like. And there's so many things you can do. Like if somebody does, uh, if you have somebody that's cool in your family and wants to like talk to you about hunting, mm-hmm. like there's, I mean, I'm sure you've had this happen before, but like people, 
that don't know much about hunting but love you want to want to ask you about some kind of different questions about hunting well you can really like brush up on some stuff and like impress them and and that's a way to be like well he doesn't just kill things and get blood all yeah. over his hand like he knows about Pittman robertson and what that does he knows yes. about the farm bill and you know definitely you know you could look up and be like show you know you all these different things to tell him like this is what's in the farm bill this is why this is important mm-hmm. and maybe like if it's your like super right-wing uh uncle don't mentioned that like food stamps are you know 750 billion dollars worth of the farm bill yeah. or anything because <laughs> then you'll get a, an earful you know uh-huh. if that especially if he's one of those facebook guys you know that loves to yeah prod everybody and that's another facebook. way to like show how much you uh <laughs> care about wildlife and that it's not all about killing it's the fact that you know i know about all this stuff yeah. you know Pittman robertson dingle johnson landing uh water conservation fund like yeah. these things that are like in the news right now like th- that if you know something about them, maybe you can help people make a more informed decision. Right. And on that, <clears throat> there's this certain individual that we all run into around the holidays who usually shares a different political viewpoint Santa. than us. Santa. No, but <laughs> I think a lot of people, uh, especially, especially, I've been saying with the X too hey, much like today. Getting better, dude. Especially getting better. Uh, once you get married... And you're combining families, meeting new people. You're going to run into some people who maybe don't see things the same way you do. Um, they might call you Bambi Killer or whatever, you know. And that does, that's not really left or right wing. It's just, uh, you know, maybe they don't have an understand, understanding of hunting. But I think it's really important uh, around the holidays and just in life in general in those conversations to not be confrontational. Absolutely. About things, I had man. that written as a, a note here, yeah. side note. So whenever you like are running into this stuff during the holidays, like don't be confrontational. I wrote down like do your best and start asking questions and get to the bottom of why they feel the way they do. Because mm-hmm. once you understand someone, you don't have to agree, but just understand exactly what their stand their stance on this is then maybe you can kind of understand how to do your best to maybe not change their mind, but at least, like, make them not so radical about how yeah. they feel about this. Or just to, like, understand why you do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And still, and not be like, I don't like you said, there's some people that are just radical, right? Yeah. And then there's some that you're going to come across that, and I think you have to be super, you have to be empathetic of this and know that like some people just aren't okay killing something, you know. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, like they don't, don't have, have to. You don't have to change your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I just, you know, you can tell them why, why you do it, and it doesn't have to be something that's like, you know, if they're not changing their mind, going to frustrate you and make you confrontational, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you said, and, and I think like I've got uh, a grandmother that is an animal lover, and would never kill anything, you know, mm-hmm. but she, and she loves me and she does, she knows that I hunt, my dad hunts and, and, um, she wouldn't ever do that, but she doesn't, she's not like necessarily against it, you mm-hmm. know, she, um, but like, I think one thing that I try to do with her or with anybody, I mean, I, and I, I like this stuff, so it's not just like I'm intentionally doing this to kind of like make them think that my way is okay or right or whatever. But, um, I take a lot of pictures of, and a lot of video of wildlife, right? Mm-hmm. I have some cool stuff. I feel like, um, kind of stockpiled on my hard drives and stuff. And I, 
I will show them like, hey, check out this picture I took the other day of this deer, you know, eating this, you know, blackberry off this vine or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. You know, like, uh, look at this bear that I took a video of in British Columbia last year or whatever. And I, I show stuff like that to her or to my mom who, um, like, same way, would never kill anything, you know, but and doesn't love that my dad and I do it, you know, <laughs> but she understands it, you know. Um, she can't even, uh, you've told me this, but she doesn't say kill any deer. She does the catch and deer yeah, thing. Yeah, it's right? the catch and deer <laughs> thing. Yeah. She's, did y'all catch anything? Well, we didn't go fishing. So. <laughs> and we didn't have a net gun. <laughs> so I, I think that's like one way, if you have pictures of, of deer, just be like, or a bird or whatever, just show yeah, people whatever like, you appreciate about the outdoors, you know, yeah. like sometimes it's a landscape shot. Mm-hmm. And that's my, one of the greatest things to convey, like someone, like, especially if you're, like, my family has a hard time, uh, my uh, married into family, I wouldn't say hard time, but they, they just haven't uh, gone out and explored the world as much as I have. Mm-hmm. So they have a hard time understanding, like why I have such a drive to do that sometimes, you know, cause they just, they, they love their hometown. They love where they grew up. They mm-hmm. love being here and that's fine. But when I can show them things like our black Canyon trip, rock trolls and stuff, like they get it. Yeah. You know, there's a reason. Because, yeah. There's, this is why I like to do that. And then they'll be like, I, well, I would never do that cause I'm scared. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that looks cool. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's important. You know, showing people why spending time in the outdoors is important to you. And, yeah, I think that's kind of like a <clears throat> a good way to kind of get into, um, you know, what what why it's important to me. You know, like personally, I, I like to spend time sitting in, in the stand sometimes, like as the sun setting, just because I can appreciate this beautiful canvas that God's painted for me. You know, and all the birds that are that are doing their songs and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and that surround me that time of day, and the deer start moving, and then just man, like the creation is is just one of the biggest things for me, right? Like yeah. I, I love the act. I love, um, I love when we're charging up a hill, like after a deer that's moving away from us with a decoy and there's nothing in between us, but grass, you know, and, and then that's cool. Yeah. Like that's, that's active. That is getting after it. But I also like the whole passive sitting here and looking at what has been created. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's cool. I like being enveloped. I like completely, being able to erase my mind from uh, anything like the outside distractions of the world, like that's why I like elk hunting so much, man. And and then when we go like out of state on deer hunts, it's that way too. Like for those couple days, I can truly let go of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And specifically when you go to the mountains and you don't have cell phone service, like it's you the spruce trees and the bugling elk, yeah. you know, like that is a cool feeling, man. And my job for the next six days is to give all of my effort to find one of these things mm-hmm. and bring it back home. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. I, I, I'm with you on that. And, and I used, that's one reason I used to love music so much was because, or touring, because for 45 minutes, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, you were on stage and you just thought about nothing else, but like the three guys you were with and the notes you were putting together and everything and the crowd that's feeding energy into you. And that was just, it was just, that was it. No problems. Like we got here, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter how much we spent to get here, <laughs> how little we have to go to the next place on, you know? And, and so I, I totally get that, but kind of on the other hand, this doesn't happen often, but, um, but sometimes like, I feel like that having 
sitting in a deer stand especially something that's not super active and involved um sitting in a deer stand waiting on a deer to come within bow range of you um gives you the ability to really think about things that are going on that may be a problem or something that's an issue or something that hurts and figure it out Mm -hmm. or yeah like i so for instance um we were out in west texas one time and it was me and a buddy and my dad and a couple other guys in camp um that were my dad's friends and my dad comes in the early afternoon like 1 p.m and like he looks like something's wrong and he comes up to and pulls me and my buddy into the back room and he goes hey um so and so my one of my good friends his brother had gotten into a wreck and had died he was the only one that was even hurt in the whole vehicle mm. nobody else was hurt 18 wheeler hit him they were in a car had a seatbelt on doing nothing wrong and just killed him he was out in california part of the air force and uh got killed just hit by an 18 wheeler on his side i guess and i mean right then like we're in the middle of a hunt and I find out that my best friend's brother, older brother, who I also grew up and spent a lot of time with, had just, he's dead, you know. And, uh, dude, I just started bawling, man. I couldn't handle it. And um, and I didn't know what to do. And we just sat there forever in that back room of that deer camp. And finally, my dad suggested that we go out, you know, still go out and hunt. So I did. I went out and I sat in a stand that night. I don't even remember if I saw a deer. It wasn't action-packed, I don't think, at all. But um, I got to sit there and just pray, man, and just cry in that deer stand by myself. And just by the end of it, I was still very sad, you know, and I had to go home and face all this and face my friend and and the funeral service and everything, you know. Um, But I also had kind of a weird piece about it after sitting there and for three hours and praying about it and mm-hmm. thinking about it and everything too, you know? So like, I guess the, the therapy and sitting in a deer stand is something that is big for me. Um, sometimes when you, you have that opportunity, you know, I think, I think that, you know, ending kind of here with this spiritual talk, like I have the last couple of thoughts, um, you know, it kind of comes full circle back to like the, the meaning of Christmas, right? I mm-hmm. mean, um, for us, for you and I, um, basically the reason Christmas is a holiday is because at some point enough people believed that Jesus Christ was a savior that they created a holiday. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that this has kind of been my message to the youth group as of late is that the Christmas story isn't about a little baby in a manger. The full Christmas story is the whole life of Christ mm-hmm. and the fact that God came to earth, took a humanly form, dealt with all the same struggles that we do on a daily basis, all the same temptations, but overcame that, lived a sinless life, and then died, died for rose us. again. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's the full story, you yeah. know? And, and, man, we believe that wholeheartedly. Sure, You know, yeah. and if if it's something you believe, too, when you're talking about talking to people at Christmas, first of all, talk to them about that, because... This creation that God gave us, it's all, it's amazing, it's wonderful, but it will go away mm-hmm. one day, you know, mm-hmm. and we, we need to kind of um, sometimes step back and think about that at times. And the most important thing is, is that, is like understanding the true meaning of why we gather together as families this time of year. Yeah, absolutely. I think think that you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, um, 
as humans, we're finite, right? Yeah. So, like, I think that may be a reason that hunters don't take killing lightly mm-hmm. a lot of times. You know, like, we understand that uh, at some point we are are dead, too, you know? Yeah. So, it's not it's not something, it's something that hits close to home, I guess you mm-hmm. could say, you know? But, um, you know, it's a, it's a time, the holidays, or this Christmas holiday, you know, is a time to rest and, and be thankful um, that we have the opportunity, we've been afforded to live forever essentially right yeah you know so anyway with that i guess i would just like to say merry christmas to everybody that's right merry christmas <laughs> be happy about it that's right go hang out with your fam and have a good time yeah for real and then uh find a way to hunt at some point um after you've stepped out of the box of hunting or of uh, family <laughs> i can't even step out of the hunting box you know it's funny because the stepping out of the family box into the hunting box goes a lot smoother for me <laughs> i can get in hunting mode real quick yeah yeah it takes a lot of focus to go the other way yeah 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 no kidding man well i hope you guys have a merry christmas hope you get everything you asked for uh and i hope that even if you don't you remember what we were talking about here we remember the reason that uh the season reason for the season i hate to say something so cliche but i'm going to <laughs> so anyway god bless you guys and remember this is your element living it You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins. Hey guys, turkey season is in full swing right now, and if you are planning on getting after it, make sure to pick up some Meat Eater Phelps turkey calls to stuff into the old turkey vest or into your fanny pack right now. I carry a few different things. I like to use mouth calls, and I like to use pot calls. Mouth calls or diaphragms, I like them because it gives you hand-free calling, meaning when you're working a bird up close... You can have your gun on your knee, finger on the trigger, ready to roll, and still be making turkey sounds. I like pot calls. I just like pot calls. I enjoy calling with a pot call. Whatever direction you go, including a box call, which I don't personally use too much, but they're fun and great, and I started out with them. Yanni, on the other hand, one of my main turkey hunting buddies, he loves box calls. And what's funny is I'll now and then look to him and give them the look that means get out your box call and find us a turkey. So it's not that I don't like them. I just have Yanni use his. Then I don't have to carry it. Go to Phelps Game Calls. Get calls that are made in the USA and get calls that'll get them close. Find yours at phelpsgamecalls.com today.